When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Booth Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast, brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Booth Room, the Cardiff City podcast in association with Giovanni's Restaurants. I'm your host, Glenn Williams, and I'm joined by Nathan Blake, and a warm welcome to Swansea City correspondent, Ian Mitchell-Moore, who will be previewing. <laughs> <laughs> five seconds to boom me back on the pod. Nice to be back, you, nice to be Good back. to have you back. Good to have you back. Uh, so on today's show, we will be discussing Cardiff City's draw at Millwall on Tuesday night, um, as well as previewing the big South Wales derby this Sunday, before coming on to some predictions and some Ask Blakey at the end of the show. So before we get on to derby talk... Um, We'll start by talking about the draw at Millwall on Tuesday night. So, um, Blakey, a draw, how do you see that as a result? A massive two points lost. Yeah. A massive opportunity to go and get your first away win. And, um, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, toward the end, you're thinking, okay, don't lose it. Um, But, yeah, I thought Millwall were a very ordinary team. I didn't think they had a lot there, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, the boy Bradshaw, decent finisher in between 18 to 18. I don't think there was anything special about him. Um, and I'd have to say probably O'Brien and Wallace, the two wingers, were probably their most dangerous players. Mm-hmm. Um, but playing with the big man Smith up front, he just it played in the Cardiff's hands, really. And I just felt... Uh, like I said, very ordinary team. It, you know, I don't think they'll go much more beyond what you've seen. Okay, Gary Rout might organise them a little bit better or what have you, but you know, Cardiff should be kicking themselves on the backside really because that was a, a great opportunity to get their first away win and they, they squandered it. Danny Ward obviously opened the scoring after 12 minutes of well-taken goal by him, but then Bradshaw scored his first just before the break and I saw you at half-time, Blakey, and we both mm. said... He's a bit of a sucker punch, wasn't it? Because Cardiff played well for large large periods in that I first half. I thought the first ten minutes Cardiff were awful. Yeah. Five first five minutes especially, and then he started getting going about seven or eight minutes, um, and then about twelve forty minutes it was they they were, they were brilliant. I thought I really did. I thought um, they played some nice football. They weren't as direct. Mm. I think without Glatzel, I don't think they were looking to be as direct. They played a bit more football. I thought Hoylet really come into his own. I thought he was unplayable last night. Mm-hmm. Um, but from, I would say, 10, 12 minutes to around about 30-odd, 35 minutes, I thought, you know, Cardiff should have been maybe two, maybe three to the good. Um, and then it got a bit scrappy for about five, 10 minutes. And then the sucker punch right at the end of the first half. <laughs> and I, I, it was, It was good that Millwall scored at that time because they didn't have more time to then go and try and push for a second mm. and engage the fans and what have you um, 
So, uh, but the goal was conceded again. You know, I think Flint's got to move his feet there. He has, you know, he's got to get those feet moving. He's got long legs, long limbs. And he was just too slow to react. He tried to stick his foot out and it was like two seconds too slow. I just thought rather than take that giant stride, you know, move your feet quicker to, to get to the ball. But, you know, mistakes are made and it, it happens. Um, kid got a little, Bradshaw got a little lucky with the deflection as well, past average. But, uh, you know, it was out of nothing. It came from nowhere. It's just I was on the comms, and I just never expected to to be conceding the goal at that point. Yeah, Cardiff looked so comfortable, didn't they? Because, well, especially let's go back to the team selection because Lee mm. Tomlin and Danny Ward earned their chances, right, rightfully so, as Warnock said. And I thought, as you say, Cardiff were really poor in the first ten minutes, and I thought that was largely because they hadn't adapted the game plan to Danny Ward. They were still playing as if Robert Glasser was playing up front. Absolutely. You've seen Sean Morrison and Aidan Flynn just hoofing it up, and Danny mm. Ward looked exasperated at times, couldn't mm. win a header mm. against their centre-back. Mm. Then all of a sudden, they started playing a bit of football in midfield. Joe Rawls getting on the ball, Lee Tomlin, Junior Hoyle is out wide. And playing that passing game, he just looked so much more dangerous, mm. didn't they? And I think Marlon Pack was important, because yeah. he was. I could see him, um, you know... Vocally organising, telling people bat, 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 bat. But you know, Morrison and Flint, they've got to understand that. You, you know, Danny Ward makes some great runs, by the way. Yeah. Um, but he, and he, and he's, he's not rubbish in the air. He's actually very good in the air. He can leap as well. But against you know meatheads, you've got to realise that you know, you someone like Danny wants that ball slipped down the side or into his feet, you know, and um, I think Morrison and Flint are understand what they don't like against them. And when they see defenders of equal standing, then, you know, play football. You know, Millwall, like I said, ordinary team, they still had more possession than us last night. You know, it, it, I know we're not a possession-based team, but neither are they, you know. And we, like I said, for the large part of... The mid-third then of the game, of the first half, and the mid-third plus a bit more of the second half, Cardiff were, were really good. So, um, yeah, it's just, I think you, you hit the nail on the head when the first 10 minutes they were they were looking to play, just, just hoofing it, basically, just getting it, getting rid. They were sat deep, inviting pressure on them. And I was thinking to myself, hold on a minute. I'm, what I'm seeing here, Millwall, you know, they just got done 3-2 by Brentford in six minutes right their confidence is going to be on the floor mm. now take it to them go and take it to them go and go and, go and play them and you know as if you're at home and go, go and win the game but uh, no they just didn't seem to be that appetite in the first 10 minutes but after that in all fairness like I said they done well but then the last 5-10 minutes bit scrappy and they conceded uh, a stupid goal it came out well in the second half, and you've touched on it a little, a little bit, but Junior Hoyler got his goal, and it was nothing less than he deserved, was it? Uh, it's, it's just his whole performance against uh, Romeo last night was, was brilliant, and uh, I think, uh, I I think that's, did I say on here last week that I'd take Hoylet over Murphy? I think you might have, yeah. Yeah, and I think you've seen why last night, right? Because... Junior doesn't. He's getting getting on, as we all know. But he doesn't beat you with raw pace. I right? I think Josh could take a leaf or two out of Junior's book. 
because the trickery just he just twisted Romeo up last night. Yeah, he's a bit smart, though, isn't he? Hey, clever, clever, clever. And uh, it was nice to see him getting back to that sort of performance level for me because, like I said, he was unplayable and his goal was just superb. You know what I mean? Uh, the way he cut inside. Because he, if you remember, he cut inside earlier than that and slipped just at the vital time. He sent the lad, Romeo, I think it was, for pie and chips. He went sliding along, <laughs> went sliding along the ground. He cut inside him and he slipped himself a bit. But I know, had he not, he would have been pushed it because he was practically at the six-yard box. And he would have would have finished because he's a very good finisher. But um, no, he took his goal the way he took his goal last night, and his all round performance, his, his his ball for for the opening goal as well. I, I just thought he was brilliant. And Yuki, well, you've often said that when Cardiff got promoted last time, Hoyler was unplayable. Is that as close as you've seen him in quite some time to that season? Yeah, because I, you know. Romeo or Romeo, whatever Romeo I think it is, I think he was a he, he, he's a decent player. And then when Murphy came on, you, you could see he was a decent player. Yeah. Right? Because he kind of had Murphy on toast, if you like, the roles reversed. And uh you know, against against Junior, he he, he was just He's beaten all ends up. He's beaten outside, he's beaten inside, he, he was just beaten, you know what I mean? And like when Junior went down injured, <laughs> Romeo must be thinking that. Uh, <laughs> to the gods, like the footballing yeah. gods, thank God for that. But, uh, you know, Murphy, I was, I was disappointed when Murphy came on. Because I thought once, you've, once a player's destroyed a player like that, they usually get subbed, right? Well, he didn't. <clears throat> Junior's injured, so he goes off. I'm thinking if Murphy, just go on and rip him a couple of times first. Just, just use your old pace, rip him a couple of times. Don't worry about coming inside. Rip him a few times to let him know. Actually, I'm quicker than him, so he's not even the, the Romeo wouldn't even be thinking about your skill level then. He'd just be thinking, "Oh man, I'm all over the place. I don't. I could just do without it." And I think there's not enough of that gamesmanship. You know, with the players, mm. some of the players today, there's not enough gamesmanship. You don't talk to the opposition and tell him what you're going to do to him. And you know, that was that. You know, you've done that a lot in my day. Mm. You know, I've done it on my debut. You know, playing out of position against, you know, the opposition's best player or so there I was told. But, you know, games and shit, you tell him, it's kind of be a long night for you, mate. You know what I mean? If that's what you've got. And, you know, I thought Josh could have really laid that on him last night. You know, he thought he was bad. You wait yeah. till, you know, wait till I get the ball at my feet now. But I suppose he, he doesn't seem to be as confident as he's been in the past year or so. And, uh, yeah, I was just I was just just disappointed uh, the way things turned out in the end. And then obviously, as we touched on as well, that sloppy goal to concede two two at the end. How do Cardiff go about sorting out this defence? Because personnel wise, there's not a lot of room for change. So these four are gonna have to sort it out. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at Paldi, I just think he's a rock. Yeah, I thought he played really well. Last he's time. just been. I think he's been our most consistent player mm. this season, honestly. Oh, he's up there, definitely, among the top three. Um, he's certainly been our most consistent defender. Mm. Uh, so I thought he was quality again last night. Um, and I, I, I thought the two centre-back, they, they, they weren't bad. He just made stupid mistakes. You know what I mean? I thought, uh, I, I owe Marlon Pack an apology because on, on the comms, I, it happened so quickly... I seen someone get taken out, and I thought, "Who was that?" 
stood square like that from that little flick just mm. done yeah I thought it was Pac and then I thought oh, no is that because Pac and Morrison look very similar from yeah. a distance right uh, and it's a, it's a distance at the end isn't yeah, it yeah yeah, and, and, I, uh, yeah and, I, and I have my glasses on but as I've been told I think I need stronger ones <laughs> um, but you know it, was, it wasn't packed, it was Morrison, and it, you know, Sean got done far too easily there. And if you look at the, the two goals, they were, they, they were similar like that. You know, two quick little passes, quick little, one little pass, one little flick, taking you out. You know what I mean? In a, in a, in a position where the striker can take a touch and he's on your goal. And in fairness to the striker, you know, give him a bit of leeway because he's Welsh and all that, but he took his goals really well, second one especially. And it was always the worry, I guess, wasn't it, going into this season that with Manga gone and Bamba injured, there wasn't too much dynamism. Listen, he shouldn't have let, you know, he's gone now, but said, you know, you almost, I thought they undervalued, devalued Manga, Mm. the way they treated him, put him out of position, right back, right back, right back. I said all along, you know, if give him the choice, it'd be Bamba and Manga. Right, and I think if you if you played into that narrative, you would see Manga would have grown to be probably the leader of the defense this this season, because it was time. Bamba's away, you know. I, me personally, I would the best player is going to be my, you know, the one I'm going to put my eggs on or eggs in the basket for. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I thought it was just too easy to. He's he's, he's not going to a top top club or anything like that. Thought it was all too easy and all too blase. Uh, yeah, we're playing right back. Yeah, and then when he came, he's brilliant at right back. We all knew he wasn't a right back. Came at centre half and was even better. Seemed to cut out the silly mistake he, he had in him at times earlier on in his career at Cardiff. And I just thought, you know, if you're looking to bounce back, you know, he, he, he's the sort of player they need. Well, you know, you knew that he was coming to the end of a contract, you know, before that. You know what I mean, so mm. in the championship season, when everything's feeling good and everything, you you know, in in, in you know maybe <laughs> after the first three months when you've won five on a spin, six, you start negotiating with him, blah 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 blah, and you tell him, you know, we are gonna move into the centre back, or we're gonna play three centre halves. So if he's not happy about playing at right back, which I don't don't suppose he was, but to just let a player of that quality just go and sort of like shrug his shoulders, and yeah, it's no worries, we got Flint. Said all season, you know, the, the two they don't compare. Mm. You know, that team that won the championship or come second in the championship, is, this team is nowhere near it. People are going, oh, you know, why do you think it won't bounce back? Just because you spend money, don't mean Spain, you spent your better team. Mm. I mean, Man United spent a whole heap of money and they're not a better team. No. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why I say spend it wisely. You know, and it's no, it's no reflection on any of the players we've signed. What I'm saying is, it was a mistake to let such a good player go. Mm. By um, all accounts, I think they love him at Dijon. I don't think they're doing too well, but well, they're he, giving him the captain. He's, he's just a good. Well, uh, well, I didn't know that. Well, there you go. He's captain a couple of games. I don't think he's. Well, there's, no, there's absolutely no way that if I'm building a team that, like I say, it's too much change, 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 change for me. I'm looking to build a team, and I'm looking to get in the Premiership to stay there, right? Because what I always say is, the last time you were there might have been your last time ever. That's how I look at it. Yeah. So when you get there, you do everything in my in my power to stay there. And you know, 
If we stay there for 10 years, great. But I always expect after 10 years, we become part of the fixture in fittings. After two or three years, like I always cite Bournemouth, people don't talk about Bournemouth being relegation fodder at the start of the season no more. It's always the three that come up. Bournemouth, we expect top 10. Yeah. Do you understand me? That's Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. 10 years ago, Bournemouth were League Two. Right? So you, no one's going to be able to tell me ever, oh, Blake's, you know, you want too much for Cardiff City. Nonsense. Nonsense, it can be done. Why? Right? It's been proven in front of you. Right? If we would have said 10 years ago, oh, yeah, Bournemouth, they'll be a top Premier League team in 10 years. <laughs> what would you say? You look at Cardiff and Swansea, I mean, the last 20 years for the pair of them, too, I mean, sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah but on the defence, looking from the outside, looking in now, Sol Bamba, when he is fully fit, I know he's only played under 23s this week, so he probably won't play on Sunday, but mm. if he does come straight back in, which I probably think he should, who does he replace? I think... Or do you change the system? I, I, I can't see Warnock doing that, but... Well, but well he's paid six million for Flint. I can't see him dropping him. Morrison's your captain. I can't see him dropping him because he's had the opportunity to drop one of uh, the centre-backs before to get Manga in there. Yeah. And he's not taking that ruthless de- decision. He's kind of made it happen by putting Bruno into the right back spot. Right? He did a great job there when And he did a great saying, job there. That was an right? easy uh, so position. Asking who he's gonna who he's gonna drop. I think he'd be more inclined to go to a back three, honestly. Especially you've got the ready made reason that Cardiff are not winning away from home. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to say you could say well, I'm gonna try and change something. You know, and then if by some miracle they got that away win, you then can play that at home and it becomes your system sort of thing. But I think he'd play three centre-backs before he dropped Morrison or Flint. You can't pay six million for a player and drop him. Well, you can, but I can't see it. And you're not going to drop your captain because, for me, yeah. Bruno should have been the centre-back in the Premier League. He should have been... If you're using a bit of foresight, you see, well, Saul's not got many years left. Yeah? Uh, Morrison isn't as good a player as Manga. You know, I want Manga to be right. Play next to, um, it should Bamba. Happen. It play should next happen, to play it? next to Bamba. Learn a bit off him. Bits of leadership. Last little final bits to your game. And I'm going to make you captain. And you know, I'm going to give you a five-year contract. Do you know what I mean? And I'm going to build my defence around you, sort of thing. But to just let him go was just no, I totally was criminal, agree. mate. I thought. I agree. Uh, just for the listeners, head of sport, Paul Bandonato, is going to join us for the Hello. Derby special. Hello, everyone. Um, Paul, we're just talking about um, the Millwall game. We were just talking about the defence there. Um, what, what are your views? Just pose the question, by the way. Just pose the question you posed at me. Pose up, which was what? Which, which question? About the centre backs. Go on. When when uh, Bamba's fit? Oh, sorry, yeah. When Bamba's fit, which <clears throat> of the two centre backs? Or do you go to a back three, or do you, right. do you, you drop you, none of them? I, I heard you talking about the back three there. You can't do that because what's you know my views. I made it clear in the previous week's podcast. The team isn't offensive enough as it is. So the last thing you do is create is put in another defender and bring yeah, but that, that gives you another midfielder. No, it doesn't, though, Blakey, because you're going to be taking out a forward player. Yeah, not necessarily. Yeah, that's exactly what he would do. Um, he's not he would going to play three five two. It, it won't work like that because because <laughs> in the five you're going to have Lee Pelter and Joe Bennett. You know, um, so yeah, so no, you can't there. you can't go down that route. I, I mean, you know, in a number of away games this season, the manager has criticised 
shambolic defending, yeah? And something has to give eventually. Now, you, you know, as you want to, you defend as a team, but that, those were catastrophic individual errors by seasoned centre-backs last night. Aidan Flint completely missed the ball for the first one. Should have shifted his feet, um, yeah. And then the second one, although Morrison made the error, I just felt Flint could have closed it down quicker as well. No, Morrison could. He, Morrison was done too easy. He was, too, no, he was square and he didn't read what the guy... You know, it wasn't like the guy was like... Like within touching distance of him, but the guy's done that flick from like four or five yards Blakey, away from consistently, him. Consistently, can read what's going on in front consistently, of you. Consistently, I think the lack of pace is being exposed at the back. We did say um, at the start of this podcast, at the start of the okay. season of this podcast, and, and, sorry. And I think there comes a point where the manager's got to do something now. And with regards to Ian's question about Bamba, you know I love Bamba as much as you do. Mm. He's a top guy on the field, he's a top guy off the field, so mm. he gets latitude for me in that respect mm-hmm. as well. But, you know, Sol hasn't played for a year? February, March. No, it's not as long as eight, that, eight but, but it's a long time. A year, I mean, in football too. Okay, it's okay. almost a season. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, he's 34 now, I think. Yeah, it's going to take no, him a while to get back, if he can get no, back. He's not really, it's, not, so, it's not a given. So, can I suggest Curtis Nelson as a possibility to come in? For the derby? Wow, well, we forgot about Curtis. Something, something needs to be considered by the manager you can't keep having these errors being made and he's and you Neil's the one keep, who's highlighting them as well you can't keep having the lack of pace being exposed um, now no I don't think the changes will be made for one I was even I was even watching the game against Millwall thinking you know could it be changed by Peltier going to centre back or something like that you know um, so you know it won't be Morrison who's dropped because he's Neil's eyes and ears on the pitch he's the captain but it's hard to drop a player that you've spent, what was it, five million for? Six, six, six million, million for. So the same, didn't you, Blakey? Mm-hmm. For a centre half, mm-hmm. you know? Who's um, been. Who, so no, no, listen. It, it, it's hard. It's hard yeah, for me. It's difficult. It's, it's difficult. hard for me. You can't difficult. just pretend that. And I come back to it, you defend as a team, but these were individual errors the other night that centre backs, quite honestly, they'd be the first team that shouldn't really be making because, in, you know, of all the positions on the pitch, that's where you need absolute 100% concentration and focus um, and those were three points that got away from Cardiff against Millwall because you know Cardiff actually played as well as I've seen them play away from, yep. away from home agreed right one of the reasons for that is because Lee Tomlin was playing there was one point where I actually looked at Tomlin and Pack passing the ball to each other and I thought how wonderful this is basic football but you're actually keeping the ball. How wonderful. <laughs> Blakey, it was, right? Look at the Sheffield Wednesday game until Tomlin came on. You know, I was I was actually sitting with fans. You say that Cardiff fans like this direct, fast style. The fans around me were moaning, saying, not another long ball, not another long ball. They want no, to see. No, direct, fast football. All right, I mean, but they want to see. I don't see. mean direct, fast, long they ball. We see. didn't play long ball okay, in 93. They, they, they want to see. <laughs> don't get that misconstrued. Please don't put me in that. No, fans want to see. I know Cardiff fans don't want to see long ball football. But I just thought that was so much. It's no coincidence that Tomlin and Pack are in there together. At the front, you know, they're, they're sort of keeping the ball. Junior Hoyder, as a result, had his and best Ward. game I've seen for yeah, some time. Ward. Ward played yeah, well. Yeah, they did you know, play. They had a nice little link up. And that's why the defensive errors at the other end that you don't expect from a Neil Warnock team were so incredibly frustrating, I mm. thought. Mm. You know? Can I just 
reiterate, please don't put me in the <laughs> Cardiff fans like fast, free, this long ball football. They'll accept it, right? If you're winning, and as I'll always maintain that stance, you'll accept winning football. But when you start losing is when everything gets exposed, right? And that's what's kind of happened this season. Because we're not winning, you're kind of seeing all our little, you know, where we're short here, we're short there, not quick enough here, not quick enough there, not enough ability here, not enough creation there. We're kind of seeing that. Cardiff, like I played in the Cardiff team that played football, Paul. And no doubt, you know, Eddie May wouldn't have it any other way. You know what I mean? It was simple as that. But it had to be fast. You know, the British game is fast. It's a basketball game, isn't it? I mean, it's only since Man City have come about now where you see, you know, one team just absolutely 12, uh, 22 players in one half and or 21 players in one half and them just really, you know, sucking you into one I, I area of football, I'm, I'm just, one half of football. I mean, we're not, we're not disagreeing because what I'm saying is it's just <clears throat> such a pleasure to see a few passes. At Millwall, instead of the ball just being hiked up all the time for Patterson to try to battle with it or something, you know, to actually see a few being the operative phrase. Well, I, I, I honestly, I honestly think. But I think I, the players won't probably want to play that way. Anyway, I've said that they? since day one this season. I, I think I, the I, players I, we got, we'd be better playing more football. I, I'm just talking it as a general rule of thumb. I'm not mm. saying the players don't want to carry out the manager's instructions. Of course they do, right? Mm. But as a general rule of thumb, you ask any footballer and they'll want to play football. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, I've said it all along. We were speaking before we came on, we were saying some of the football they played at the start of the promotion season was, was phenomenal. You know, the, the Wolves game, the Villa game down in Cardiff. Why why, why, why don't they, why don't they do that? What, Different what, personnel, you, I think, as well. Same yeah. instructions though. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, personnel not able to carry out to the degree that the last but team to, to that's go, why I say that team was better than mm. for me that team was better than this team but to go so back you're not going to get the same to go back to the centre back options he may well go three at the back mm. but I, the, the reality is Sol Bamba's not ready for this weekend right so mm. the only alternative there are two two options one is you stick with Morrison and Flint which I think he will do yeah. two is he puts Curtis Nelson in there which I don't think he will do, but it, it, you know, those are the only options. But you can't keep having be a big ask of Curtis Nelson on his debut to be playing. Yeah, the manager himself is the one highlighting that you know he doesn't hold back with his criticism. Though, no, he, he said yeah, he, he said he said after he last night. He said for the last few games, you know, cutting out individual mistakes. No, and but then, it was stronger well, you, than you, that. You, you what did he see, say after the game, Glenn? To you, it was really strong. Wasn't yeah, it, you, you, you could tell. He walked into the and he's not usually like this. He sat down at the press conference. And you could tell he was visibly angry. He had to have a drink of water to calm down before he answered the first question. He was he was furious. Mm. So it was like kicking points away, um, scandalous defending, um, our mistakes are costing us. That those sort of thing. You really really. But rightly so, though, isn't it? You know, you were saying it is just individual errors, which is why you'd probably say you won't change it at the moment. I, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. The way the way Flint missed that ball for the first. I actually had to look because I, I wasn't at the game. I was watching it on on TV, and I had to look twice. I thought. Was it Joe Bennett who made that error? Surely not, you know. Um, and but you know it was Flint. And then, I, but but they were getting Cardiff defenders were being dragged around the pitch and being beaten too much in other areas of the pitch. I thought Blakey. Um, you know you can't set everybody up against Virgil Van Dyke, but you know what I mean. There, there, there has to be 
more solidity than that, surely. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, not, I agree. I'm not hanging anybody out to dry here. I'm talking about as a general rule. No, because I think they played well last team. night. That's yeah. the thing. But I thought, I, and I thought, like I said earlier, I thought Millwall were there for the taking. They're a very ordinary team. You know, they, they, you know, up against what we've paid out in money. You know, they, they, you know. Listen, I understand football fully. I know you get results. You get freak results. Uh, Bansley beat uh, what you call the other day bottom beating top and what have you blah 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 I, listen I played the game I understand that but when you're sat and you're analysing a game as I was last night and you know oh boys you know they, 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 literally everyone around us Millwall or Cardiff like yeah that game's there for the taking mm. it, was, it was it was there a few few more passes together maybe get a few more crosses in down the flank a bit more you know Lift your quality a little. You win that game comfortably 3 1. Can I just rewind a few days as well? I don't want to, you know, we need to look ahead oh, to Please Swans. do, it's the podcast. We, no, but we, no, but we need to look ahead to Swansea. Yeah. I think that's what people want to do. But I, I just want to rewind briefly to <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday. And why was Lee Tomlin not playing? Why, why when, when it's Cardiff's worst performance of the season, by some distance, was he not sent on at half time to help turn things around? And, you know, you know, when he plays, that, that flick for Junior Hoylet's goal against Millwall was beautiful. Nobody you know? else on the pitch could have done that. No. When Cardiff played QPR and won 3 0, and were outplayed, by the way, mm. right, for large parts, but they won it 3 0, Tomlin was directly in, instrumental in the first two goals. Mm-hmm. He, he went for a run and won a free kick, and they scored from the set piece, and it was clever, quick corner, yeah, for the second goal. He was obviously directly influential in the team coming back against Sheffield Wednesday, and actually they played okay in the last fifteen but, uh, minutes. I think that's 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 a uh, uh, that's a a point that only the manager can answer. None of us, because we we're all Tomlin fans. We can all see if you want to play a bit more football, which you need to. I think the problem for Neil is that he doesn't want to go through. A manager always say, a manager got to trust and rely on you. Right? Basics. Two basics. He's got to trust you and he's got to rely on you. Whatever the reason is, he doesn't fully trust and rely on Lee Tomlin. Fine, then buy another 10 in January. On January the 1st, have another 10 in that But club. we don't play football that a number 10 is going to come and sign for Cardiff City. If you're a tech, okay, let so me I'm ask Bobby you. Reed, right, let me ask you right, right now. You yeah, I, Do you understand me? Yeah. You've got to, you've got to link it all together. You've got to say our number ten, who is at the moment at, say, a lower championship club or a League One club, maybe a League One club will come. But at the same time, if I'm advising him, I'm telling him, listen, you're going to go and you, you know, we're trying to step your career to get to the top, right? Now, if you're going to go to Cardiff as a number ten. They just played, played Millwall and only had 45% of possession. And Millwall are probably one of the worst three teams in the league. Right? You're not going to go in there and they're going to play through you. We don't play through Tomlin. Yeah? He gets the ball from time to time. And the more he gets the ball, the more they pass him the ball sort of thing. But you can see they don't work on patterns of getting the ball into Tomlin who's the player who makes us tick. And that is the problem, or one of the problems. You know, if you, you can't play a number 10 this week and not play him next week, and then one day, why you don't perform the week after? Mm. A number 10 is a number 10. A number 10 is a specialised position. 
just like a number six is a specialized position. Right? They're, they're one of the same thing. One is more defensive, one is attack. Right? And if you're not going to play a number 10 and play him and play your team through that player, who's the person who provides your Glatzels, your, 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 your um, Hoylets, your Mendes Langs, if you don't play through him, you're always going to have a problem. There's no point in being there. Do you think Clara should play through that individual? I think Cardiff, if, I think if Cardiff want to get into the top six this season, I think you have to play for Lee Tomlin because you've not got a nine who's going to get you 25 goals. So where are your opportunities going to come from? If you've got Hoylet on one side, uh, White or Mendes Lang on the other side, Glatzel or Ward up front, none of them between them are going to get you 25 goals. Do you think on the back of what we saw in the last 15 minutes against Sheffield Wednesday and what we saw from the team going forward against Millwall that it's almost like this could be the light bulb moment for Neil Warnock this season? I don't know, but I would... I would, And I'm a fan of Glatzel. I feel for him, I really do. I think the difference is Ward knows this league better and knows this team better and has probably got better movement than Glatzel, right? But I would say... If I'm Warner, I it's got to be Danny Ward has to start. No, I'm talking about in terms of Tomlin starting from now on. In. He has to start. Yeah, but do you think Neil Warnock will start him from now Not on? Not every in? game, no. Hello and welcome back to part two of Blakey's Boot Room, where we will be previewing at the South Wales Derby. So Mitch, I'm going to come to you first of all. Uh, Swansea are going to be going into this game on Sunday arguably on the back of their worst performance of the season worst performance worst result by far third defeat first time they've been beaten by more than a goal so yeah I'm sure Cardiff fans were delighted when they saw that coming through when they were at the den last night but no it's just a, a really sloppy sluggish performance they couldn't cope with Brentford's press all three of the goals for Brentford came on the counter attack and they just couldn't cope with the skill and the pace of Ben Rama, Ollie Watkins, I mean, they're superb championship players. They've probably got Premier League moves in them in the future if they can keep on um, their development. So, yeah, worst possible uh, result to go into the derby on. Uh, do you think this sort of performance has been coming? Do you think maybe Swansea, after their brilliant start, maybe they've plateaued a little bit? I don't think I'd say the performance has been coming because they've been performing poorly for a number of weeks now. And even in that brilliant run at the start of the season they won seven of eight games in August Steve Cooper got manager of the month they beat Leeds away first time since the 1940s I think and they were top of the table and there were some performances in there that were just nowhere near up to scratch I mean the first half on the opening day against Hull it was a, an awful game Hull took the lead after three minutes and everyone just thought what on earth is going on here and I think it was two goals in two minutes in the second half turned that one around and they won Preston the second home game of the season they should have been out of sight at half time and Swansea scored with the first shot on target on the stroke of half time and ended up winning 3-2 so I think the results really sort of papered over the cracks and it's only now that people are starting to realise that this squad is probably weaker than it was last season understandably so when you lose someone like Daniel James who's you know gone on to do brilliant things for um, Wales and obviously getting a move to Man United Ollie McBurney another one as well you know 24 goals last season in all competitions and he's got a Premier League move so and it's not just that, but the experience of Leroy Fur, Martin Olsen, those type of players, they were all released. So I think people have slowly started to realise that this squad is um, it probably is weaker than it was last season. Can I ask you, what, I, what comes through to me, when I see, obviously I don't watch Swansea, but I see highlights, and I see the highlights. Yeah. 
and I hear people talking, uh, different pundits and what have you, um, what seems to be, there seems to be a, a real difference in Steve Cooper's analysis of what's going on and the outside pundits who watch Swansea a lot, there seems to be a almost like an ignorance by Steve that what's happening isn't actually happening. But from the pundits, they're saying, you know, I, I, I look at like um, uh, Walshy, and yeah. he was predicting this probably four, five, six weeks ago. I can see why, yeah. Right? I, and he was, he was saying, this is, this is, there's a storm coming sort of thing. Yeah. And, and I think it was Simon Davis said to him, oh, well, you're top of the league. And he said, yeah, yeah, but you know, how many games are gone? Yeah. You know, sort of thing. So, but my worry is, well, I'm not worried, what happens, happens. <laughs> but I'm talking like, I'm talking about Cardiff. But the problem for me is, is Steve Cooper's then experience coming into question here? Because if, or is he, do you think Steve is just, he, he knows what the problems are, but can't highlight them because he can't repair them because he hasn't got the players or the depth? I think or is yeah. it better saying, you know, the truth and letting it all out sort of thing? I think it's part of the first one because the personnel, you look at the players he brought in in the summer, six signings, four of them alone players, one was a free and they paid 650 grand for Christopher Peterson from Heracles. So there was no, you know, aside from Jake Bidwell, there was no real championship experience in, in there. Mm. Losing the players I mentioned, so all of a sudden it's a, it's a different dynamic. It's still quite a young squad. There's only a few experienced players that are playing regular in there. Andre being one of them mm. who's obviously had a quite a renaissance. But coming back to Steve Cooper, I think he does sort of understand that he kept quite a solid squad he wasn't making too many changes and yet recently we've seen four changes at the weekend for the Barnsley game five changes for Brentford Searching, I mean, exactly yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, he's yeah. he knows that something's not right and he's, he's in fairness he's admitted that himself um, and he's just trying to see what works best for his system you know let's not forget he's in his first ever job in senior management all mm. of his other jobs have come at youth mm. level with Liverpool Wrexham and, and obviously England so he's um, he's still learning on the job 16 games into his senior management career so you know, Swan, they're, they're four points better off than they were last season and, and, you know, that was a transitional period for Swansea and everyone was waxing lyrical about how they were progressing in the Graham Potter. So, yeah, it's it's been a massive blip, but I don't think he's papering... He, he knows that there's a few problems there and he's, you know, he's just trying to give different personnel a chance to try so and So do you think Car Cardiff going there is a, a help or a hindrance for them this weekend? Well... From what Steve Cooper said, he was just determined to get straight back into the, the game. As you know, as yourself as a former pro, losing a game, you want to just get straight back yeah, out of there. This game is different. You want to put it right, exactly. But surely, a home fixture, the first time in five and a half years that you played your rivals at home, that's that's the ideal game, isn't it, surely? Mm, depends. 20,000 fans with you? Yes. 20,000 fans turn on you? No. That's, a, that's an interesting point, because, I mean, up until the Brentford game... The fans have been firmly behind Cooper. They know Absolutely. they, they know the they know they know they're a limited squad. Yeah, and they've what, accepted the fans. Yeah, yeah. In fairness to them, they accept say, the situation. Yeah, and, and in fairness, most weren't getting too carried away with the start. Obviously, you enjoy it. There's some great results in there. Yeah, but, except for Cliffy. <laughs> he had to give him a mention. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, it was Tuesday. Was the first time there was a couple of boos at halftime. They were two 0 down. They've been completely outplayed. And you never got the sense that they were going to come back into it, which 
is a bit frustrating because they've come behind in a, f- in a few games this season. You know, I mentioned the whole Preston. Um, uh, Charlton was another one that was the most recent when they come from behind to win. But yeah, there was um, they did turn slightly, but th- I think people accept that he's just still new to the job and you've got to be patient with this squad because there's not that much quality in there. You know, you're talking players like Bursant, Salina, he's been hot and cold this season, but he's still only he only just recently turned 23. Joe Roden was only 23. 23? Yeah. That's old, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Make your debut at 18. Joe... Five years playing as a pro. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I say he didn't play to, uh, much at Man City. I think he only mm. had four games and so last season was his sort of breakthrough season okay. in pro football. Joe Roden the same, Connor Roberts the same, Matt Grimes, George Byers, there's a lot of players in there who, you know, last year was their first season, so mm. you know, I think a lot of fans can accept that they're not a top two team, they're probably not a top six team. They should be challenging if things go their way and they play well, but I think people are slowly coming to the realisation if they weren't already that it's um it's be a long season. They were in a false position early on. Mm. Okay. Mitch, I think you point out on Twitter that the first eight games in charge and the second eight games in charge has been a massive difference. Mm. What has been, because you watch them so closely, obviously, what has been the main drop-off that you believe has happened in the last eight games? And is there something that Cardiff can exploit there? I don't think there's been a massive change. I, like I, I mentioned the fact that they were getting results when they passed well, in the yeah, When they didn't deserve you know, yeah, you said. They're, 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 you know, they deserve credit for showing the, the spirit to, to stay in games because there were times where they were getting out. Preston was a prime example. They should have been out of sight at half-time. Swansea defended brilliantly, but they did absolutely nothing in attack until they scored. And all of a sudden, they turn it on in the second half and they win the game. So um, they've, they've shown that now to stay in games, which is probably as a result of that experience under Graham Potter last season. But in terms of a dip, I don't think too much has changed in terms of their style. They've not been as clinical. That's been one of the things. I mean, they weren't making too many chances early on, but Borja was he was finishing everything he had. I think in August he had before the Leeds game something like eight shots on target, and he scored with five of them, which is a, a fantastic return. And he's only scored one goal since he got dropped at the weekend at Barnsley. So Steve Cooper's probably realised a few people aren't quite delivering, and it's maybe time to change things. But that hasn't worked either. So that's 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 a killer when that doesn't work when you change it because yeah. then what you've got. Is an unhappy dressing room. Players are never happy when they're dropped. Bolt will probably say, I didn't get the opportunities, or I'm not going the opportunities I was in early season. Exactly. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's only been two or three games, and all of a sudden I'm dropped. And yeah, that, that doesn't bode well. And like you say, when, when the results aren't going well, those who have come in, do they get dropped again? Because <clears> Sam Surridge missed a great chance against Barnsley. It was a, his first league start. He's still a young lad as well. And straight away, he's, he's back out of the team for, for Brentford, and Bolt has back in, but didn't get a look in so I can see where you're coming from from the point of view of unrest because mm. it can't be easy for some of them players thinking right we're not delivering here I deserve mm. a chance and then you know if they have one bad game or I think you're alright if the changes happen regular if that's if you're in part of a squad system you know if you've got 18 21 players and you make two or three changes every game every two or three games you make your changes mm. you know you rest a few you, I think that, that you know players have bought into that and they understand what's going on. But drop, when you drop players... Oh, it's a big difference. Yes, and that's, that's what they did last season. There so was a lot of rotation. Yeah. I don't yeah. think Swansea didn't name an unchanged team until January. Mm. So you're talking five, you're halfway through a season, whereas yeah, now yeah. it's... He was very, very similar from week to week up until this last block of games. So. Mm. Paul, how, how are you feeling going into this South Wales derby? Because a few weeks ago, that the points difference in the table was, was quite large. It's obviously closed over the last... Couple of games or so. Are you not enough? 
Not enough. Not enough. Not not it, not enough in terms of Cardiff have should have won their last two games, and the reasons they haven't, they've shot themselves in the foot. So it should have been closed by four four further points. Um, should be worst case down. Well, I agree with Mitch. You know, I mean, when Steve Cooper got the job, I thought it was quite an exciting appointment actually. Um, I spoke to the hierarchy at the club, and they were raving about the way he interviewed. But it was always going to go one of two ways. Uh, that sounds like a statement of the obvious, but it was always going to be brilliantly inspired, or it was going to be what we've seen the last few games, I suppose. Mm. You know, I don't think there was ever going to be an in-between type thing, not over a period of time anyway. Um, I certainly think he deserves latitude there. Um, but... Yeah, you know, it'd be very unfair for Steve Cooper to be a victim of his own success at the start of the season when they were punching way above their weight, you know? Um, so in terms of, you know, if Cardiff had beaten Millwall like they should have done, I think I'm right in saying that yeah. a win at the Liberty would have Take seen them go above mm-hmm. the Swans for the first time this season. Mm-hmm. Um it's just it's just a great game to have and, and the one thing I know Cardiff fans were very frustrated by the way Dave Jones used to treat these derby games he didn't realise what Blakey just said he didn't really accept what Blakey just said about this is not any other game he poured it, water on it, it. alright I'm trying to be no I'm just straight disrespectful he disrespected the Welsh derby and I, thought, I, I told him at the time you know listen you might have played in Liverpool Everton. Well, you sat on the bench maybe for Liverpool Everton, <laughs> right? But I'm telling you now, it, it doesn't matter yeah. if the crowd is 5,000 yeah. or the crowd is 55,000. You've got to understand what it means to the people. I, th- I think right? there was a... I don't want to use the word arrogance, but I think there was a... Oh, he looked well, down on it. I'll right, tell you straight. Right. Well, well, what is this compared to Liverpool Everton? Yeah, that's, that's what it was. Yeah. And I don't think you really grasp what it meant to the people here on both sets of the... Yeah, until he experienced sets, it. Right? Um, but even then, there was almost like a tunnel vision just saying it's still three points. It, no, it's not. It's far more than three points. Um, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer certainly didn't get it mm-hmm. when he when the last derby game was at the Liberty and it was a 3-0 hiding. Now, that was the game where Gary Monk first took over as Swansea manager. Mm. And there was a bloke who did fully understand what that derby meant. And you mm. could see it out on that pitch that day mm. where one team you know, was really fired up to win mm. it more than the other one. Now, you can just imagine, Steve Cooper will know about it because he's from South Wales. In fact, he's more from Cardiff Territory than Swansea Territory. But Neil Warnock, much as he wants to underplay... Well, he doesn't want to underplay the game. He's still about it. Neil Warnock will know exactly what this means to the Cardiff. Yeah, I don't think he underplayed. No, he just he's, vexed he's, about the get yeah, yeah, last night. Yeah. He, yeah. he knows he that was a miss. He probably, he probably yeah, gets, he probably gets the point get you're it. making, Paul, yeah. that... Had they won last night, gone a point behind Swansea... It's a statement, isn't it? It's, it's psychologically, it'll be a blow for Swansea, knowing that not only Cardiff come, are coming, they come in with a win behind them. They come in and if they win this game, they go above you. you well, know, that's, that's, that's psychological. So the fans, he would know, <clears throat> if Cardiff are 2-0 up after 60 minutes... The Swansea fans won't be behind their team. They'll be booing their team because they can't handle the fact that Cardiff are going to be above them tomorrow. So it adds extra pressure. All he's saying, he understands. That's where his experience yeah. Yeah. is so, so... It's untouched, really, yeah. in this league. 
It's where Neil's experience will know, and that's probably why he went into that meeting last night after the game, seething, and probably couldn't speak with anger knowing that. Because, as I've said before, Neil thinks three, four, five weeks ahead. Do you know what I mean? He's not just thinking of the game tonight. He doesn't take his eye off the ball. He's thinking three, four, five weeks ahead. So he'll know the significance that result will have, not just on the fans last night, but on both sets of players. So going back to your question, Glenn, I mean, I certainly know, you know, speaking right at the top of the of, of the club stroke dressing room, the Swansea's, you know, dressing room at the start of the season, there was a feeling that Cardiff would just be too powerful for Swansea this season, yeah? But the fact that Swansea have started the season better changes that dynamic a little bit. Mm. Um, and I understand, you know, you've got Swansea who play, you know, football under Steve Cooper, you've got Cardiff's more power approach, if you like, and it is a great contrast in styles. Now, you'd argue that in a passionate Welsh derby, that power approach is probably the more pragmatic way of playing, potentially, but you still have to have a bit of football thrown into that mix as well. Mm. Um, I remember, I think I've told this story before, but I'll, I'll say it again because it's a great one. I remember Peter Ridsdale, you know, chairman of Cardiff. Now, Peter had been top of the game with Leeds United, top of the Premier League, semi-finals of the Champions League, you know, right at the cutting edge of the game. I remember, you know, Leeds-Man United games, all of the pressure that goes with, with that, the intensity that goes with that. I remember him being involved as chairman of Cardiff with the first Cardiff Swansea derby and I was speaking to him beforehand about the intensity of this particular fixture and so on and I got the impression again not like Dave Jones in terms of arrogance but I got the impression that Peter didn't really fully yeah, grasp yeah, yeah, what whatever. I was thought I was yeah being, whatever mate yeah, yeah, yeah. I've played yeah. in proper derbies Le- so I've Leeds seen him Man proper derbies yeah, yeah that's a proper yeah. derby but I remember speaking to him after that game and saying well what did you think then and he just said Paul I didn't realise for a second just how intense it is and and he was in the end in his own way it was very much as pressurised and intense as the Leeds Man United game which which has historically been you yeah. know you know so it is it's only when you're here that you really realise just what it means to the people here mm. but I think Neil Warnock will buy into that I think Steve Cooper will be aware of that and you know I think Neil will be relishing it it'll be a cracking occasion it won't be a great game because they never are or they rarely are you know yeah, but just great moments but it, but it will be yeah but it will be a fabulous occasion a, a wonderful atmosphere down at the Liberty, mm. Liberty. almost 2,000 Cardiff fans will be singing their own heads off as well it'll just be a cracking occasion you know? what, I, what I would say about it is I remember being at Bolton and Bolton fans used to sing we only ate Man United and Man United for them was the major derby yeah. right I remember them playing against Bury. <laughs> <Mate. laughs> Bury was the proper derby, right? Because Bury hatred of Bolton was unequivocal in comparison to Bolton's hatred of Man United, right? And that was a you know you had to realise, but you went down there thinking, yeah, and then you quickly realised, okay, there might be only three thousand or five thousand fans, but they. They despise you. And that's that's the same. It doesn't matter if there's 25,000 in the stadium or 5,000 in the stadium. You split Cardiff and Swansea. I said this last night on the radio. And there's a hatred. I remember it's not just a. It's not just a, uh, you know, like Man City, Man United is a derby. It's and, the same city mm, the other day as is Liverpool Everton. Liverpool Everton is the friendly derby. Yeah, but Mitch is, it, Mitch is an Everton. Liverpool is Yeah, but it's Liverpool, not friendly, I'll tell you. Yeah, that. But, but, but they. It is to a degree because you've got you'll have you know it's not like 
my one kid is different. my one kid is like a Liverpool fan, and my my other kid who's fourteen is uh, an Everton fan. They're not going to hate each other. They might dislike each other, pretend for that day, but you don't get that. You know, like when, when after Hillsborough, and you had the the, the Merseyside Cup. Yeah, that's right? a, that's a unique. Right? Example, and that was a unique yeah, example, yeah. right? But one, my point was when you had Liverpool play Man United, and you had like uh, uh, Remembrance Days for like uh, the Munich air crash and things like. That. They, they were singing like, yeah, hate songs each other. Well, That's the difference, like, do you know what I mean? There's, there's no... cities, isn't it? There's no, right, there's no... There's no Tribal more Absolutely, than... and that's what... And it's, it's because there's distance between mm, the two cities, yes. but they're in close proximity, and they both want to vie for the, being the best in that area or in that, you know, in, in, in that country. It's different for Wales. But I tell people all the time, mate, hey, I played in Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday... I played in Bolton Man United, I played in Bolton Blackburn, I played in Blackburn Burnley. That's another one, Blackburn Burnley, right? That is worse than Bolton Blackburn. And Bolton Bury is another one. But I say, like, the, the, the South Wales derby, it is different, mate. From, to the derby, maybe because I'm Welsh as well. I'm, a, I'm Cardiff-born, it's, it's more, again... But I'm telling you, it's vile. You know what I mean? It, I'm telling you, it's vile. <laughs> Listen, but yeah, it's but I loved it. <laughs> Seriously, I, if you vile, said to me, I loved, I loved it, mate. If you said to me, play them every week, I'd say yeah. All right then, because you, you, you just the, the way your mind goes, the way the way you have to take yourself into. Listen, you know, I'm going into battle against someone. Listen, forget war. This is something completely different. Again, I haven't got a word for it. This is different, mate. And your your senses go, your your concentrate, it goes to different places. You know, it is fantastic, mate, playing that derby. I loved it. I really did. And I, I, I didn't like the what. It's hard to say you love the violence. You don't love the violence. You don't want to hear kids getting hurt or women getting hurt or men getting hurt or old people getting hurt. And you hear all these things, right? But the... the <laughs> you know, the absolute... Come on, then. Like, well, we, know, we I loved it. We can't be condoning the violence. No, you can't. I'm not saying... But it's part... You're not going to get... What I'm saying is you're not going to get rid of it, Paul. And it all comes out. into the... But you... No, as a player, you have to. You can't say, oh, I can't, it's a bit too much for me. It's either you're all the way in or you're all the way out, honestly. For that game, that's what I would say to Cardiff City players Mm. who have never experienced it. Fellas. I was going to say on that, Blakey. All the way in. Looking at this fixture in particular, there's Mm. very few players that have actually played in this one before. Absolutely. Wayne Routledge and Nathan Dyer, obviously, stalwarts of Swansea. There's no Cardiff players that played in the No, no, no. And it's two sets of fans... When you get there and the build-up, you'll start to understand it. But until you walk out onto that pitch, you go take a throw-in or a corner and they're over on you. And that's that's the other thing that today, you know, this season that derby played in front of 20,000 fans in Swansea, 33,000 fans in Cardiff. You know, it's not going to be any gaps in the stadium for either match. 
you know, yeah. they're just going to be phenomenal occasions, both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And, you know, it's no coincidence, and they did this in the Premier League season when they were both together, it's no coincidence that Sky want this game. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Both games in the Premier League season were, you know, were built up by mm-hmm. Sky, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, they wanted those. I'm not mm-hmm. saying they want them as much as they want Liverpool Man United, of course. No, they but they did. understand but, the but rivalry. They, they, yeah, they knew that yeah. the passion and the atmosphere from... Yeah. Would, would would come out and and it obviously did in both. I think matches, I, I do. Know? I think that you know, as long as no one gets hurt or nothing like that off the pitch, you know, I think they're great derbies, mate. Really, I yeah. I love them. I really did. Yeah. Mitch, football in terms, then where do you think Swansea can hurt Cardiff on Sunday? Oh, good question. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've we've spoken about the defence being a bit of an issue, and I think for Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. Um, your defensive areas. I mean. You know, the Millwall game sort of highlighted that. I think you know Cardiff probably should have won that, and as you said, the, the situation would have been completely different. But with the players behind Borja Baston, Swansea have got Bursant Salina, who has got pace, some of his skill. He's he's wonderful. He can beat a man. He can deliver across set pieces. He's effective as well. But Andre Ayew for me, he could be absolutely key in this game because he's just got the nous of what's going to be needed in this this type of fixture. So I think if if they can just really get at the, the the Cardiff back four, if they had a bit more pace, I'd feel even more confident they could do that. Sadly, they don't. Obviously, with Dan James going, Jordan Garrick's not getting enough game time at Young Academy lad. But if they can get at that defence and just bombard them, I think there's a mistake in there, and, and that's where they can probably cause a few problems. But at the same time, I think Cardiff will probably be thinking the same about Swansea because when they get pressed, as we found out the other night against Brentford, that's the same. So it could well be the same for, for well, both teams. Well, Will Cardiff, if Cardiff play Route 1, and it may well be that, that Warnock does leave Tomlin out for this and puts Patterson in there because mm. of his battling qualities in a, in a tempestuous derby game. If Cardiff do play that Route 1 sort of style, will, will, will that not just play into the hands of Van der Horn and Roden? I think it will, back, 100%. Who are both excellent in the air. I think Van der Horn's a very limited player. I think Roden is an excellent player in the making. But in the air... They're both pretty much colossuses. Are they See, I, I, sorry, Mitch, I'd go different though, Paul. Go on there. I would go, I'd go very big and very physical, but I would play Tomlin. Wow, go on. Right? Yeah. I would, I could, I, you, you want to win the game. Yeah. Right, ultimately. Yeah. Uh, and you've got enough physicality in the two galoots at the back. You've got enough, a lot of physicality in Peltier. No, Bennett's not shy of a tackle. No, not Pack. Right? Pack is a huge, big, physical presence. I don't think kind of. I think if they can play bits of football like they did last night, but physically dominate them, and this is where your set pieces really come into play. Yeah. I, I that's that's the approach I would go with. I'm Neil is physical with, you know, want to do one question: Ward or Glatzel? That is the key question for me. Ward or Glatzel? Whichever one you, you choose there, I have to agree you know in terms of... To that? Go on. Omer Bogle, neither of them. I think Omer Bogle has got the physicality, the pace to get... Why are you laughing, Glenn? I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, you laugh at that, because I'm laughing too. <laughs> well, you know, he's got the physicality, yeah. he's got the pace to get in behind, mm. and he's almost like a composite more of a composite of the two of them and he has got the physicality to cause problems uh, but he's also got a lethal shot in him he's got goal scoring ability I, I'd pick Bogle 
to answer your question. You've asked me the question, I've okay. answered it. Okay. Coming back to that physicality, in terms of the defence for Swansea, I don't think it's an issue because Joe Roden and Mike Van yeah. der Horn, lovely footballers, but they're very good defenders as well, particularly yeah. Van der Horn. He is more experienced than, than Roden, but Roden's got so Those much Those two up against Morrison and Flint? Listen, mate, I'm telling you now, I see Roden, I love Roden. Yeah. I love that he plays, I always say he plays with a frown. Right, because he's he serious. Does, he's, he's, he's he wants to get into every. Yeah, I, I love it. Right. Yeah. But I'm telling you, when you're defending your box, Morris and Flint, they're they're, they're different. Mate. I totally agree. No, no I do. I don't. But I think, I think up against a striker. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I, but Cardiff are not. They don't play through lines or not. No, they, I know. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's set pieces, and there's only two of them. Mm. Cardiff got Morrison, Flint, Pack. Glatzel, if he plays. Do you know what I mean? You're already four big men straight away. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the physicality I'm talking. I'm talking putting it, if Mendes Langs plays, he's another one, six foot one, six foot two, beast. You know, Blakey, I was speaking to somebody the other day, I bumped into him in the streets of Cardiff, and um, sorry, Lee, if you're listening, but uh, he was telling me, that you know, he speaks to Sam Haman on a regular basis, former Cardiff chairman. Oh, that was a blast. Sam really, you know, he's a chairman who really knows his football. To be fair to him, Sam, and he, um, the message room was, you watch now as we get into the winter months and beyond. You watch the power and the physicality of this Cardiff team come to the fore in this division, and, and sort of they'll get good results and so on. You don't buy that, no, no. no. No, I think you might get away with it with the odd game here or there. Yeah. But going Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, big men get tired like small men get tired. Simple as that. I think the occasion of the Swansea game, if the players understand it and Neil can get them bought into that frame of mind, I think the occasion, the fact that it's Swansea, it's the derby. Yeah, that's why I'm going with the physicality. But for an overall season... I just don't, like I keep saying, I don't think we're as good as we were two years ago. I just don't think this team is as good. I don't think they're going to, the way their performance has gone away from home, I can't see us overpowering teams in Japan. In fact, I'd be more inclined to go the other way. I'm more worried about the players who got endurance, those players who running behind you like last night. You know, like they were pretty ordinary. I'm worried about can our big men sustain and keep up with these players who they're going to be playing against. That's that's my worry, honestly. I, th I still think we'll be, I've said all along, I think we'll be top 10, right? I think we'll finish around about eighth. I think that's that's my prediction, but I don't, I don't see us being into the November, December, January, February months thinking, you know, we win a lot more than we lose. We, we pick up plenty of wins away from home. I just don't see it from us, mate. I, um, this derby, though, Glenn, it, it, it is something special. I mean, I've just written down as we speak, you know, I remember the game at Ninian Park when Joe Allen, I think he was 17 years of age or something like that. His first derby, wasn't it? Well, it must have been close to his yeah, first yeah. game as well. He came, you know, I think it was 1-1 and he, he sort of won the ball off somebody in the middle of the park carried it forward and rifled a shot into the corner and out and I remember looking at that thinking God there's a player in the making there right and we've seen what's happened since I remember Chopra getting a last minute winner at Cardiff City Stadium idol to the Cardiff fans I remember the game at the Liberty when 
two really evenly matched teams, nil-nil, really tense game, and there was a beautiful one-two between Craig Bellamy and Aaron Ramsey, which I think Rambo backflicks it into Bellamy's pass and he curled it past the keeper from yeah, it's a great goal. Outside the edge of the mm-hmm. box. Now, neither team this weekend has that kind of quality in it, in my view. But you know, there are some great. You know, Connor Roberts versus Joe, um, versus Joe Bennett. It's going to be a wonderful matchup of the two fullbacks, both of whom like to bomb on and overlap. I've never seen a fullback who overlaps as much as Connor Roberts. To be honest with you, you know, incredible sort of athlete in that respect. Um, so we haven't got the great matches, uh, you know. That aside, I don't think we got the great matches of yesteryear when you've had Bellamy v Rangel and Ashley Williams up against Bothroyd and things like you know proper proper contests. Contests, but it will still be. It's the occasion overrides all of that, and and it will be a wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, get you in the field. And I've got you know this this game comes just an hour after Wales are placed after in the World <laughs> Cup semi-final. It's just an extraordinary mm. five hours for Welsh sport, Glenn. Really I, think, I think it's a huge game. Yeah. I think just not just the, the fact that it's a Welsh job, but I think it's hugely significant for both teams and their season and the way it's going, especially the run into Christmas. I, I really do. I think, it's, I think it has the ramifications afterwards could be, you know, bad on both sides of the fence I think honestly I think it's it's it, it's a game all good for both sides oh, no I know if someone loses uh, if, if you draw it it kind of things just carry on mm-hmm. as they were but I think if one team wins and one team lo- loses I'm not saying the team that wins go on and fr- fly at the table I'm saying the, the, the team that loses could be down and dumped for a little while I think I think it could could have a, a real bad effect for no, that's an interesting point because Swans you've had a poor run at home they haven't won in the last four at home drawing one and losing three mm. they win all of a sudden it's Rosier seven points clear of Cardiff back in the top three four depending on mm-hmm. the results Cardiff on the flip side it would be their first away win lift that monkey off the backs mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're a point behind Swansea mm-hmm. on the edge of the top six mm-hmm. It's, it's enormous, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's huge. Paul and Blakey, I'm just going to come to you too quickly before we go on to some Ask Blakey. I want you to name me your front threes, please. So if you're going Bogle in the middle, who are you going on either wing? On both wings, I should say, sorry. Um, listen, I said Bogle. It could be any other three. I see the merits of Ward, I see the merits of Bogle. I, I, if you were picking the team now, though, Paul, who is I, your striker and wingers be? Bogle, Mendes Lang, and Murphy was really, really disappointed when he came on the other night against um, no. Millwall. Yeah, and White did exactly what I say White does. He looked brilliant, but didn't really deliver in the final third, you know? Um, so is it Hoyler? No, I'd go with Murphy. I'd go with Murphy, Mendes and Bogle. Is this dependent on Junior Hoylet? Are we saying he's... If we say he's fit, yeah, all, all he, on the table. If he's fit? Yeah. Oh, if he's fit, I'd go Hoylet, left, Junior Hoylet up front, <laughs> Junior Hoylet in the 10, and uh, Junior, Junior Hoylet on the... Nah. I would go... Uh, Hoylet... <laughs> if Hoylet... I would go Hoylet for sure. I would go Mendes Lang on the right hand side, and I would go Ward down the middle, 
and I would play Tomlin in the ten. I think that's the key: is that to whoever the three are, and you know, it's much of a muchness. As I said, the centre mm. forward you can take your pick out of all three of them for me. The wingers can all juxtapose. Come on, Mendes, right? man! But, come on, but, Mendes, my boy. But, where's he at? He's got to come back. I'm missing him, man. Come on! Have, so shout got, out for You've him. got to have Tomlin behind them to pull the strings. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Mendes can win that game on his own. He's not been in great form, but mate, he look, he's just a beast as well. Still. I don't know what's happening to him. I think he's carrying something. That's what I'm gonna say. I think he's carrying a little knock. But if he's fit and Junior's fit, mate, Tomlin in it, Wardy, that's my four right there. And I and do you know what? I only attack with them four. You I say I only attack with them four. I say the Rouse and I say the Rouse can be slightly advanced with pack, right? But you say the pack and rattles, you, you just ring the box most times when they're in the tack. You know, Joe, five, ten yards outside it, pack slightly deeper, nice and balanced, up, up you come, uh, pelty on the mowing side, you know, a bit higher, a bit higher. Yeah, so it's all. <laughs> okay, uh, that's the end of part two, and we'll be coming back for final part. Um, with Ask Blakey and the all-important predictions. Hello and welcome back to the final part of Blakey's Boot Room where we will be putting your questions to Blakey and then we will all be giving our predictions for Sunday's game. So Blakey, the first question I have for you is from James Davis. Hi, James Davis. Who says, what exactly has Mendes Lang done since that performance at Old Trafford last season to warrant a place anywhere near the team and the praise that Paul and Nathan give him? Uh, he's not done a lot this season, but at some point he's got to come good. He's got to come back. And I think if you put him in, is he talking about the Swansea game? Yeah. Uh, I think if you put him in a game like that, it's kind of a sink or swim situation. Uh, and, you know, I, I would say different if you know the person personally and you, you spend time with them and you're in the dressing room but I would hope that that would make him swim really I, I just think you know there's nothing warrants it can't say his performance has warranted him starting or anything like that but at some point when you know what he's capable of he's, he's got to get going this is a game that you know he couldn't go out there and not perform it Seeing as I was tagged into that, mm-hmm. I think, it, to me, it's the Kenzo Hall situation again, right? We, we saw him score that wonder goal at Brighton, and it was only when Blakey spoke about that that you realised. I remember you saying, I, I was a bit laughing at this dismissive, <laughs> you said, how many players in the Premier League capable of scoring a goal like that? Mm. And you were right, it's the sort of thing that you'd expect from Eden Hazard or Gareth Bale, you know, it was an absolutely incredible goal that he scored that day. And he followed it up shortly afterwards with a wonderful performance against Man United at Old Trafford. I think he scored another couple. We'll be he scored both, didn't he? Yeah, but he played brilliantly that day. Yeah, he did. You know? And I think it's when you see that, you want more of it. And yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, he hasn't played well this season. Mm. You know, the, but the, we could do, the, the there's players in the team who haven't played well this season, but, Paul. So it's, it's, no, that's what I would say to James. James. There's players in the team who haven't played well this season. You know, as simple as that. Junior Hoylet last night, that was probably his best game this season. You know, so we seem to change our team three or four players almost weekly. So I'm just trying to put together a team I think, right, going down on this occasion, 
that's going to give me the biggest threat against the opposition. Okay, I, I, and I, I guess it. the other part of the answer is that none of the other three, White, Hoyler or Murphy, have overly stood out consistently. Absolutely, yeah. That justifies them starting selection above a Mendes anyway. So yeah. I guess that's the thought process, but he hasn't played well. And, and as Blakey says, he needs to start taking, it, taking the ball by the horns and doing something about it. Okay, then Liam Hobbs asks, after his 90 minutes at the end of 23s on Monday, do you think it's worth risk of playing Bamba in the derby? Personally, I do, as the Flint-Morrison partnership doesn't seem to be working. (laughs) If he's anywhere near fully fit. Liam, is it? Yeah. It's a big ask, Liam. Yeah. We always say it takes you five, six games to get match fit. 23s football is very, very different to first-team football. Very, very different. say that all the time. You're probably at... 60% 60% tilt on a 23s game at best, 65. You know, and that's you. That doesn't mean, say, your opposition is. You think if you go first team level in a game like Sat- Sunday, the opposition, they're going to be beyond their full tilt because of the game, the opposition, the occasion. So asking Salt to go in there and cope with people who are beyond full tilt when he's not at full tilt. Not saying he can't. I'm just saying it's a it's a it's a massive ask and a big risk that you you pull something over stretching, over extending, trying to get to somewhere where you you know when you were fit, you got there comfortably and not quite getting there. Not, so, mate, no, I wouldn't, James. I, w- I wouldn't play so. No, I, for not for the long term game. You know, I'd give him another two weeks, then play a few more games, and then you know introduce him into the first team then. I'd be thinking more season-long with Saul, you know, over, over one game. Okay, finally then we got CCFC AG, so I don't know who that is. Um, just ask, what do you think of Murphy, flop or not? Um, Very pointy he's had some, listen, he had some good games in the Premier League, I think. Um, and what, what he's done, he, he's showing you that he, he, he's, he's got the ability... To win games, we just haven't seen it enough. Would I call him flop? I wouldn't call him a flop. What was the other word he was? Flop or what? Not flop or not? <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't. He's not ripped it up, and he's not an absolute flop for me. I think you know, and then and understand as well when players suffer confidence issues for whatever reason. I always say this: don't know what the reason is. Might be something personal, might be something with the manager, might be something with the coaches, might be something to do with one of the players, might be something to do with his 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 brother, his wife, his friend, whatever. But when you suffer confidence issues, um, you're not at full tilt, you're not at your best, as simple as that. And I think you can clearly see he's, he's, he's far from his best, or some of his best performances we've seen him. Um, which I would say were his best performances for Cardiff City were in the Premier League. So that kind of proves that he's got the ability to do it. But the fact that I'm not including him in my front line for Swansea mm-hmm. uh, and hoping that Junior's fit, and that, that kind of says it all. So, you know, at this moment in time, he, he's just not on it. Simple as that. Okay, then we're a bit pushed for time, so we'll come to the predictions. Seeing as though you're a guest on the pod, uh, Ian Mitchell-Moore and Swansea City correspondent, I'll come to you first. 
What do you think the score prediction will be for Sunday's game? Oh, I've been saying for a couple of days now, even before the Brentford defeat, I was going one all. I thought there was little to separate the sides. I think Abo Sunder up where there's not those sort of Ramsey, that then type of real top quality players in in the squads. But I think Swans are going to see so much of the ball, and I know Cardiff have you know they beat QPR when they saw barely any of the ball three nil, so that doesn't necessarily mean much. But I think with the, the amount of the ball they're going to see. They need a reaction from these last couple of games. I'm probably just about edging with them, so I'll have to go 2 on home win. Paul, I'll come to you next. Prediction? Um, I think the fact that Swansea are not winning at home and Cardiff are not winning away indicates a 1-1 draw. I I think this could be the game that Cardiff finally break the duck away duck and win it 1-0. Um, I won't be at all surprised by that result. I don't see Swansea winning. I think a 1-1 draw is the most likely scenario. Blakey? 2-2. Two, two. Okay. Two set pieces. Cardiff. Okay. Yeah, two, I two. was I'm in an R over a 2-2 two, two or 2-1. 2-2 <laughs> <laughs> or 1-0-0. Yeah. I think there's going to be goals. I yeah. think it's either going to be 2-2 two, two or 2-1 two, to Cardiff. I, I don't think, think either defence is, is good enough not to concede. Both to score sounds like a good bet, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't think either defence is going to not concede. Simple as that. I think if I was pushed, I'd probably go 2-1. Okay, well, we got all that to look forward to. So, once again, thank you for your questions and thank you for listening. And remember to follow all the build-up to the South Wales Derby at Wales Online. Mm-hmm.